Welcome to the Good Vibe People Show, where we explore the leaders and shakers in the events and entertainment industry. And we are live. What's up, Good Vibe People? I am happy to be here with Bryce Aspinall, uh, coming all the way from Vancouver. Mm -hmm. Bryce, how's it going? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. It's yes. a pleasure to be here. <laughs> yeah, of course. So uh, Bryce was at the last art jam. It was a pretty cool, uh, pretty cool jam. He did some good work. So uh, we're, we're having him today. So uh, Bryce, just tell us uh, who you are and what is it that you do? Uh, my name's Bryce Aspinall. I'm a artist specializing mainly in illustration, but trying to venture all around all fields of the arts, just, uh, you know, creating, making people happy. That's what's up. What brought you to Montreal? Uh, you know, many factors, but I think the main thing was just a change of pace. You know, Vancouver, once you spend so much time in one city, it becomes rep, uh, rep, repetitive. Mm -hmm. And, you know, same people, same shows, same spaces. So I think I just need a, a change of pace, really. New faces, new, uh, new people to see, yeah. new, uh, new people to in, uh, enjoy, enjoy my art, really. How do you find the art scene in Montreal compared to Vancouver? Well, I not to put you on the spot here. Right? No, I, I mean, thank, before I left Vancouver, I, I kind of had this like this this feeling that there was only so far you could go with Vancouver. But it was only until I left that I kind of realized that there was a lot more potential in the city. And I think knowing that um, kind of creates a, a temptation to go back to the the city in Vancouver because it's a foundation that I know. Uh, I mean, the main reason why I came out here was I, like, I think most artists should kind of take this endeavor where you go to a new city and, and really push yourself to network and be, to become someone new. I mean, like growing up, I grew up in Tawasson, this small suburban town, uh, about like half an hour away from Vancouver. And so I, I, I'm from the city and I, I've had contacts and I've been networking since I was like 13 years old. And um so I kind of had the benefit of the doubt where I, I was already known in the city and I could create something for myself and going to a new city where you, I, I knew very few people, very new people knew of me. And, and so I think that itself is, it, it's an, it's a new experiment, a new experience, and it definitely drives you to push myself even farther and to try new things in, in that sense. And yeah, for sure. It is a creative process kind of like starting from zero and reinventing yeah. yourself. I think I kind of veered away from the question itself, but from the, the, yeah, the, I mean, the community in Vancouver has definitely been growing and I think that it's been growing with skateboarding and the arts itself. There's a lot more events happening, um, whether it be pop-ups or live paintings as like art jam, there's a similar event called snag where I also participate in. I, um, it's a night where you have all night to paint, people are drinking you have like an art raffle at the end of it. Um, as for the, the art scene out here, I mean, I've always found it kind of difficult to find, as with anyone in any type of field, you're always trying to find a network that you can mesh well with. And artists being the introverts they are most of the time, it's kind of hard to really meet people. And Art Jam was specifically um, inclusive in that sense, where there's a lot of artists that pull themselves out of their rooms and they're painting live. And not to plug Art Jam itself, yeah, but <laughs> I, I'm loving it, man. Keep going. <laughs> no, it's good. It's good. Like I mean, like I, that's why I um, I uh, applied for it. It was, it was something that I could get myself out of my comfort zone and meet new people that are, are in the sim similar fields. But um, yeah, I mean, it's similar in many fields. I think every city kind of has its own art scene and you can always take part in it it just um it comes down to how much you're willing to push yourself really 
Sure. I think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So describe your work. Like, what is it that inspires you? Like, what, what does it look like? And let's say if I was blind and you'd have to, to describe it to me, like what? I hate this question. And I'm so bad at answering it. Because I know, I know. I'm giving you a hard time. It's like, what do I do? What, what do I make? Um, I mean, a lot of it comes from the things I see as do most sort of creative feels in the way that we kind of, I mean, it really kind of tends to be my subconscious thoughts if I want to get really philosophical here. And it's, I mean, if I'm in a bad mood, there's going to be certain things that come out in my drawings and my, in my writings and stuff like that. And, and sometimes these drawings will stem from a certain random bubble of words that I kind of, I write down. And, and from there, I can kind of pull out certain imagery. It also comes just from the fact of, if I think of a funny scenario, like, um, in Vancouver, once weed was legalized, I remember seeing this uh, this bus stop ad that was it was saying uh, like all these things you could do instead of smoking pot, or it was um, uh, it was stemming from the fact of like drunk driving but driving high, and so I thought it'd be funny if uh, if there was a guy or this creature like driving this car and he's smoking some pot, everyone's happy, and then he hits a hits someone. And so the I did this three panel comic where the guy gets hit by the car and his head cracks open. There's an egg that that spews out like a he just cracked an egg and and so in the third panel the guy who's driving gives the joint to the guy who got, just got hit and so he smokes the pot and everyone's happy again. And I, I don't know where it stemmed from. It was like this like dream I had or something. But was, I just thought it'd be like driving high. Like what what happens when you're driving high? It's like well you're usually pretty happy when you're stoned. So it's. I thought it'd be funny if like the person who just got hit was like, I'm not going to sue or anything like that. No ICBC claim. I'm just going to smoke this pot and I'm kind of happy again. I, I do find your work has this happy-go-lucky vibe to it of, of like just, you know, it it seems fun. It's, it's Yeah, it's, for sure. It, it I, has a fun vibe to it more yeah. than a deep and, and you know, and, and I guess you are putting some messages through there, but I, it does have a... I think after this whole like this uh, Instagram craze and just like how phones became like this new, the new hot topic and I got so sick and tired of seeing art based on phones, computers, technology, Trump, all this shit. Like I was just, I'm, you know, I could play into that same field and, and, and draw something about Trump and how he's like this shitty president. But I'm saying bias in that. I'm, I'm neutral with it completely. But I was just, it, I mean, instead of there's like a dark side to some of the humor as well that I, I'll try to portray. And, and sometimes I'll put these like happy go lucky characters in like scenarios where you shouldn't be happy. And I think that's the kind of the funniest part is when you kind of juxtapose these, these two emotions that are, are so opposite, but at the same time, I mean, it's like laughing at a, at a joke and bad taste. I mean, yeah. Yeah. in context, something's always funny. And, and so I, I enjoy putting these like, what I like to think, what people uh, attempt to be, like, every, you know, when you like meet that person that's just always happy and they always are a positive, they're all in a, always in a positive attitude. The way that I think of it is like you can't always be happy, and for those people that are always portraying that, they're 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 lying to those, to themselves. I mean, like, you know, misery can be funny in the certain context, and I I think like I had this one concept for the night for an idea for a drawing. I actually haven't done it yet, but. Um, you know the quote, like, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Right. I had this idea where um, this person gets hit by a car and then they're, they're on the IV and they're, they're, they're put in a coma and they're in the hospital. It's like that right there. It's like, well, it didn't kill them, but they aren't stronger. They're, they're in a bed in the coma. So, I mean, stuff like that where it's like yeah. it's kind of sick and twisted in a sense, but... It, it's, I mean, in a certain context in a drawing, and I think that's what's funny. But it with, does have a light to it for some reason. I don't know, yeah, I don't know how, sure. why, but it, it kind of has, it, it kind of spins it 
you know, in a funny way. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny because it's it's not a picture of a literal. It's not a photograph of someone in the in the hospital that just got hit by a car. It's, it's a. That's why I think I I really enjoy simplifying the face and and abstracting it to its simplest form of just like two dots of the eye, a dot for the nose, and a smile. I mean, you know what it is, but it's not personal enough where. I took a picture of someone's face and put it on that drawing and it's like, you know, it's, it becomes physical and it becomes way too representative of a human itself. And I, like I've, I've veered away from that because when I was a kid, I, I drew a little bit more realistic and a little bit more um, prominent features where it was more likable to a, a human face. And I think it's really funny when you kind of abstract the face to so that's the simplest form and because it takes, you know what it is, but it's not what it is. Yeah. It, it, it's abstraction. Yeah. I hear you, man. That's what's up. Um, so you just had a pop-up shop not too long ago, and I no, you know it's coming. No, that's on Thursday. This Thursday. On Thursday, that's yeah, what's yeah, up. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Good. I thought I missed it. Okay, so tell us a bit about that. It's a, you're selling your merch and a bit of uh, a bit of everything, right? Yeah, so I'm gonna have um, screen printed T-shirts, prints, some Riso prints that I got. Uh, this um, I found these guys called uh, the shop's called Labrico. I hope I'm saying that right, but they're doing some Riso prints for me. I'm working on original art right now. I've been doing that nonstop all week for for that. But um, yeah, that, that's gonna be at Flow Shop. It's on 4311 Saint Denis Street, and yeah, I just. Um, I kind of just found this girl, um, Alex Madri on Instagram and I, I contacted her actually to, cause I've, I've been un unemployed for a while. So I contacted her asking if I could work at the vintage shop because I, I work in Vancouver. I worked at the shop called F's and Frank and I was like, you know, like I, I know, uh, I know about the industry. I've kind of been within this field for a while. And she's like, well, I don't really need any, any, uh, hands in the shop, but if you want to do this pop-up, like I'd be into that. So I was like, yeah, like I'm, I'm totally into it. So that's kind of how it stemmed. And now we're, um, yeah, on Thursday, it's going to happen. So I'm, I'm hoping for a good turnout and just, I think it's good, like entry into, into Montreal. I think I, I kind of hope it's just a good, good place where to, I can put my name and, and people kind of recognize. And I'm very fortunate. Thank you, Alex, for sure. If she's listening to this later on, but I, I'm stoked. I mean, it's, it's three months in, I'm, I, I got this pop-up showing up, so I'm, I'm really happy about it. It's, it's a good turnout and a good yes, introduction. You're, you're doing good for three months in the city, man. I'm really happy about it, yeah. yeah. I'm very fortunate. I'm yeah. grateful few, for it. Few events, few, uh, and, and good good locations, too. Yeah, absolutely. So um, so tell us a bit more about your work. So basically, you're wor are you working on any upcoming projects uh, that are specific to, to the pop-up shop? So you're, you're saying you, you've been doing a few different drawings. Like, what are they about? Are they more like uh, on, on the comic side or? Uh, um, they're probably, they're, I mean, from like painting to design work, but like when I'm designing a poster, it, it definitely differs to, differs to what I'm, I'm painting itself. Um, I mean, when I'm doing a poster, it, it comes down to like what the client wants in some terms, but in, in, at some points there's, there's complete freedom, which I actually find quite restricting when the, when the client is kind of just like, you can do whatever the hell you want. Right. I'm like, well, yeah. I have too many ideas to, and it's just like a lot of back and forth. Like, do you like this? Do you like that? Yeah. Um, but for the pop-up, I mean, like I, I had my first art show in Vancouver and, and I, that was complete free range ideas and I didn't know where I was going. I was just kind of doing what I thought. And over the years with the experience, I've kind of learned what people do like to see. And I mean, that's kind of where, when you take art from your bedroom to the public, it definitely changes it a bit sub subconsciously just because you know what, I mean, look, I'm, I'm trying to make 
uh, I, I want to do what I love and in order to do what I love, I have to make some sort of income from it. And so, it, I mean, I'm, I'm very fortunate though, that what I paint and what I make definitely tends to hit the certain frequency that people do enjoy and, and they resonate with it. And right. so I, I'm very fortunate that over time it has, my style has morphed into this, this, um, aesthetic that people do enjoy and then they can relate with. And so I mean, when it comes down to, it, I'm really just, I'm, I'm painting what I think is funny. Like I, I had this one painting, well, this one, I, I found this canvas at a thrift store. So I, I, I found it, it looked interesting. It was, it was a dollar. So I bought it and there was, um, I forget what the cat's name was from, um, uh, Alice in Wonderland. What's, right. what's yeah. the cast name? That, that the, the dude, that's a good one. I don't know. But the, I forget the cast name. Ideas? <laughs> uh, Sylvester or Chester? Yeah, Chester. Chester. Something like, yeah. So the picture, the paint, the canvas was just, um, it was painted black and had the eyes and the smile, which I think is a scene from the movie itself. And so I was looking at this, I was like, okay, like I could either paint over the black or paint over the eyes or the mouth, or I can incorporate it. So I was looking at it and, what stand from it was um, I, I flipped it upside down and so the smile became an umbrella and then the two eyes became two human heads. And so from that, I kind of just created two people, a man and a woman underneath an umbrella and it was raining people, men and women. And I don't know what it means, but I was just trying to come up with something that I could incorporate into the painting that's already been started. And so that's what kind of stemmed from it. And I, I think that comes comes down to a lot of my art where it's just out of necessity where I there's a certain image I see in my head so often that I, I just have to let it out, I have to paint it or yeah. or it's like a, appropriating something in the sense where like I've just seen an image and I, I want to manipulate it in a certain way where it's it's pleasing to my eye. So it comes down to my own thoughts, my own I guess dreams in some degree and and just what I see every day and, and what what I would like to see, I yeah. think. I think it's just visual. It's cool what you said earlier about, you know, hitting the right frequency that people would like to consume or buy or, or, or whatever it is. Uh, and, and that's an interesting thing because, you know, there is art that's, I mean, super visual, super crazy and, and, and like takes years to finish. But it's very, you know, it, it sounds like it's very introverted to the artist's mm -hmm. tastes and and that's super cool and, and and it does some great stuff sometimes but it could have the opposite effect of being so disconnected and being so you know one-sided that I, I guess I'm not sure if, if this applies to all art but I always feel there's some kind of trade-off of you know giving something that you are happy and know that will make somebody else want to want to have it at the yeah time. I mean, it comes down to just doing what you, what you feel, what you think you should be. Do I mean, it's a very like, it depends what type of area you're going in with art, because sure. I mean, for if I'm, if I was, I don't know if I was paint, if I was just painting for myself and these paintings weren't going to be up on a wall and in front of people, I'm trying to think of like, if they were going to be, they were going to be displayed differently or what the content was, would, would differ. And I mean, I think that's where I really where the sketchbook becomes so important because that's that's free of any type of uh, criticism or any type of viewing. It's, it's only to myself and so that's where like a lot of whether it be text or visuals and um, anything of the sort where I don't think I would it's such a weird a weird um, conundrum that you can kind of, kind of get into where you're trying to portray yourself as this um, 
a specific type of artist that a client will go through your Instagram and they'll, you know, if you have like a bunch of this far-fetched stuff that is a little bit um, offside and it maybe pushes the boundaries a bit. Like I, I think, unfortunately, Instagram and like your your image as an artist definitely holds back certain ideas. Besides, maybe the uh, the one artist I know, Johnny Ryan, this is a comic artist, and what he draws is just completely vulgar and it's it's fucked up. Like what he draws, but he sticks with it, and you know what? People like really resonate with that, and he's made a career off it. And so, I mean, uh, maybe I, what I what I paint is how I feel, and I I think I stick. I stay true to who I am. I mean, over the years, things do evolve and grow as you do as a human it's, uh, yourself. And um, yeah, what was the question? Again? <laughs> <laughs> I was I, I was talking about trade offs, basically between what uh, the artist is 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 doing for himself versus uh, trying to to get sold. But yeah, actually, yeah. It, it it ties in because you talk a lot about the effect of Instagram on people's art. Like you you mentioned it twice already. Yeah. And, um, do you think there is an effect like maybe like having something that's a little bit more shocking or over the top or I'm not sure if shocking is the right word but more like um, eye catching right away rather than stuff that's a little bit more subtle and takes more time to, to ingest it because when you are on Instagram you're kind of scrolling one after the other oh, right for so, sure. so for it to kind of have to stop and, and catch your eye I guess it has to be a different kind of art than if you were just walking in the museum. Yeah, well, I, I think Instagram has definitely uh, infiltrated all the minds of artists or any mind of the artist that is active on Instagram and trying to make themselves um, a career off it. And it's unfortunate because I think it's restricting in many ways where people, I mean, when you look at an Instagram profile, you're looking at the first six images that first pop up and if they aren't um eye-catching or popping in any sense then you're going to lose an audience and i mean i instagram has changed the way that people create art i think and it definitely has had an effect on me absolutely and i like when i was a kid i mean like everything was just drawn in my bedroom and it was they were drawing my sketchbooks and the only people that saw them were my family members and and friends that came over to my house and once Instagram came along and I started like showing these images to other people it definitely changed the way of it changes I mean even for people who, who are posting selfies I mean hell like people have been taking selfies for years but until Instagram came along those selfies were just for yourself and now they've become for everyone else and so it's selfies on steroids now yeah it's crazy and like it's it's this love-hate relationship that everyone has with it everyone loves it everyone hates it and that's what it comes down to and so in the end like i don't I'm, i'm creating for myself when it comes down to it but it's like this subconscious thought that's just like overwhelmed everyone where it's like it's going to be on instagram yeah for sure one way or the other and it's a, and it's a benefit in so many ways because the like the amount of contacts and the amount of people i've met through instagram i mean wouldn't be possible uh, unless if there wasn't instagram like it wouldn't be possible and so like i'm, I'm very fortunate for that fact but it's also become an oversaturated um industry field crafts it's just because everyone's everyone has always been an artist but now everyone is an artist because you can say that you're an artist i mean it's this one thing with like tattooing specifically i feel has kind of like it's become something more than what it was where 
I mean, I'm not a tattoo artist. I always, I, I'm surprised I didn't get into it just because of my, my childhood with my stepfather and what, whatnot, but I'm not going to get into it. But I mean, nowadays, like anyone can become a tattoo artist. You just tattoo some of your friends, no matter what skill you have, no matter what mentorship you had or apprenticeship or anything like that. And I mean, it, it's kind of taken away, I think, from the tattoo culture itself and where it originated from. Originated from. Art, though, has always been... I mean, well, you know, back in, I don't know, like the 14th century or whatever, when, when people were mentored to become this, like, it was a trade. Art yeah, was a trade yeah, back yeah, then. Yeah, absolutely. In the Renaissance and... You know, yeah, like exactly. And, stuff, yeah. and so, like, it, it came down to a skill where you actually went to school for it and you learned, this is how you paint, this is the colors you use, the techniques you use. And I think now, I mean, going with, like, the positive side of Instagram, I think it allows people to... It's complete freedom where you can really paint whatever you want imagine whatever you want and and if if people you know respond to it then you, you get like instant instant satisfaction from it from it and from that you can kind of i mean people have made careers off of it or just they've made you know they've made yeah it, it's a job just to be like this instagram artist nowadays and I, I think it's definitely changed the way that certain people will react to react to art and i mean even going from like the gallery to the instagram i mean Nowadays, it's crazy for me to even, it's crazy for some people to go to a gallery to visualize or to see art firsthand where it's like, now it's, you see it in, in front of your screen and that's where people kind of go to witness their art nowadays. It is like definitely the experience of looking at it is like half the beauty of, of, of seeing a thing, right? So you'll never be completely in awe just on your phone when you're in your bed, like, you know half, yeah for half, sure half a weight type of thing so obviously the the whole experience is is huge like uh, of you know putting it down to a a small screen mm -hmm. um i think that the the whole technology is is like you say it's it's a double-edged sword um i i am an optimist so i think i see more good than bad and especially for painters actually i think it's it's good i think where it's not good is um stuff that's more technology based where it's like let's say photographers um where it's hard to say a good photographer from another if you just have a crazy sick camera but i think with painting you still have to put in the work and everything and even with the use of technology it's hard to to to, to be like to look as professional as, as somebody else whereas when you It's something that can be enhanced by technology. I'm saying photography is one example that comes to mind is that um, I think it levels more the playing field. Uh, I do think visual art is still out there and I, I think the game has actually become more interesting because everything's putting, people are putting out dope content and people want to, you know, put out yeah, more for sure. dope content. So I, I think from the, from the, Uh, an art, I mean, maybe you're an artist. I'm actually not sure, but from the, from like an artist point of view, I, I think it's it's overwhelming in a sense where like you can be on Instagram for hours and hours and hours, and you can keep finding these amazing artists. And I mean, that's what it is exactly. It's like you can. It's a platform for all these artists to become an artist, and it, it can be overwhelming, but it all, it can also be motivation to try hard and to do more to try to stand out. Um. But yeah, I mean, like with the amount of yeah, the amount of tattoo artists, the amount of artists itself. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I can't hate on it because I've used it. I'm I'm a part of Instagram. I'm, I'm a part of it, and so and I'm I'm thankful for it. 
Well, it's just a platform, basically. I don't think like before people were less skillful, skillful or anything. It's no, just no, that it wasn't. It wasn't shown, and I think that's where some artists get it twisted. Is that not necessarily because you're posting your work that you're necessarily trying to to be the next Leonardo da Vinci? You know what I mean? So I think it's 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 just a, a means and a platform of expression, um, but. It can be overwhelming if you're trying to compare yourself too much, and I think that's where the rabbit hole starts. Is when you're you're comparing yourself, especially when you're looking at statistics like likes and shit like that. Well, yeah, uh, I for think sure. That's really bad for the artist, but I think everything else is is actually good for inspiration. But can you can you differentiate? Like, can you hold yourself back from? feeling those emotions because i think nowadays it's just so in, it's inherent where you just if you have that app like i mean for i feel like for most people it, it comes down even if you're not trying to feel like that it comes down to you are feeling it and so like i try to stay away from it as, as much as i can but i mean i'll be honest like yeah for sure like the likes and like how many followers you have it comes down to it like and it's but hard. it's like that for everyone you know? exactly Whether you're an entrepreneur or something like that you're like oh somebody's always making more money than you something oh for sure you're always gonna get more likes like the or or less than somebody else so i mean i definitely feel the 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 whole the whole thing i, I i'm just saying i think it's we shouldn't be just comparing ourselves because you're you and somebody else is, is somebody else, you know, and yeah, everybody sure. has their own journey, you know, and absolutely. I mean, and we, and we compared ourselves before Instagram, you know, it's, it's, it's yeah. what humans do. It's a natural act and feeling where you, you see someone that looks better than you and you want to be like that. And yeah, it, it's been a problem this whole time. And I, but Instagram's definitely inflated that emotion for sure. Yeah. But, well, you're, you're not alone. That's for sure. And, and, and that's why I wanted to make a point about it. Um, so just finishing up because uh, we're, we're we're running out of time here. Sorry, um, ramble. If you no, it's it, it was actually great. Uh, I love the I, I love the the rambling. Um, if you could do any project, like not based on money or not based on any uh, any different parameters, what would it be and why? Um, any project? Oh God, um, Mister that has too many ideas is well. Yeah, I'm giving you a curveball here. Um, without any parameters, I mean, I mean, hell, it'd be cool to paint a jet or something like that. <laughs> I mean, realistically, with like within my field, um, I've I've d designed skateboard wheels, the graphics on wheels. I haven't done a board yet. That's been obviously a dream of mine. So if I could pick a few, it'd probably be a skateboard. I might be designing a f fingerboard, like a tech deck graphic. Oh, that does, might that, does that still exist? Oh, like, do, are people still into tech decks? I have. I'll be completely honest. When I was uh, like 14, 15, um, I bought a professional, like handmade fingerboard for 150 bucks. What? And this is like the best quality thing you can get. And I, everyone that comes over to my house, I'll, I'll have it. In my, it's always on my desk. I'm always playing with it. And um, yeah, like when I was in, I was in Europe a while ago, and I met a friend who is very involved with the fingerboard scene in Europe. And so he brought me to, there's this one company called Black River. It's probably, I think, the biggest one, at least in Europe. It's, it's very big. They have, their, they have a storefront. Like, they have a store where you can go buy the fingerboards. They have ramps and stuff. And okay. So he actually took me. He, met, he introduced me to one of the like, CEOs of the company. And so he took me to the warehouse, and I saw all the ramps being made. I, I saw the whole industry from start to finish. And it was best, one of the best days of my life. But... So I actually contacted that friend and asked, like, do you know anyone in the industry that could kind of help me out doing this? And so he put me in contact with a guy, this guy named Martin. And 
So I've sent some graphics over to him. I'm not confirmed if it's going to be made yet or not, but yeah, fingerboarding is like a big thing for sure. In Europe, not so much in, in Vancouver or like maybe the West or even like North, I North America. Like 10 years ago when I was, or maybe even more, I think 15. And yeah, for sure. No, something with the Europeans, especially, it's like Germany. I, I, Germany is very big in, into it. Um, I think it was in um, Bolivia uh, or Austria. No, sorry. It was like in the south of Germany, I believe, where I, I was at. And so, yeah, yeah no. It was it, going down. It, yeah, it's, it's big out there. there. It was yeah. awesome. It, the, even the guy who owns it, he's got like a an, um, a pool, like a skateboard pool in the, his backyard that we could go skate. And he's got this whole setup of fingerboard ramps and stuff. And yeah, it's big. It's like my little dirty secret that I tell <laughs> only certain I, people. I've learned a lot about fingerboards yeah. in the last uh, few minutes. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know it was that big. I, th I thought it was dead like <laughs> since no, the early 2000s. But uh, Bryce is re really good. If anybody wants to go see your pop-up shop, it is this Thursday at Flow Boutique. Do you have any other things that you want to plug uh, before we head out here? Yeah, for sure. I just um, actually confirmed today I'm going to have an exhibition at um, Pavilion bistro i actually think it's called um but so it's like a coffee shop and i'm going to be having a little exhibition there sometime in march so you can check that out on my instagram i guess they'll be i'll be posting about it that's what's up so bryce paint in the ass finale pain 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 <laughs> so like it's a paint but it's a french accent it could have been paint though yeah <laughs> you know maybe that'll be your alter ego or something. Yeah, yeah so pain in the ass finale that's what's up Thanks for coming. It was yeah. very enlightening and uh, good luck to you at your next show. Yeah, thank you so much for having me.